Lawyer Up. And we bring her on now. Hello, Lisa. How you doing? Hey, I'm fantastic. I hope you guys are. Doing very well. Thank you. Let's start with this incredibly serious story that has permeated the country for the past week or so, leading to protests and riots and civil unrest. The story of George Floyd's death and our question, we have several questions about this. First of all, the officer that had his knee on George Floyd's neck was first charged with third degree murder, then second degree murder. And a lot of protesters are asking for first degree murder. Can you tell us the difference? I, I don't think I'd ever heard of third degree murder. Can you tell us what each means quickly? And could yeah, this could yeah. he go to then, could he go yeah. first degree? Yeah, yeah. It, I don't think it'll ever go first degree because first degree in Minnesota requires premeditation, planning mm-hmm. out the murder, and that, that was not the case. But I do think second degree is more appropriate here because second degree there in, in uh, their state is with intent, mm-hmm. and what they had originally charged him with was third degree, which is more like our manslaughter where I practice, but it's, uh, you know, more of an accidental type of a killing. And so uh, with with absolutely no intent to kill. And I think here, you know, because of that eight-minute video where, and with and there was actually one of the other officers who've now been charged, Officer Lane, was heard to say he needs to be turned over on his side. You know, and this is a, this is a maneuver. So they, you know, they took the power in this situation, away from the local prosecutor and put it with the state attorney general. He's the one that upgraded the charges and charged the other three with aiding and abetting. And uh, with that eight-minute video, and he he delved into the training that these guys get. And that move that with the knee on the neck, they are trained that that is a deadly maneuver. And so to do that for so long, I do think they can get to second degree possibly. But you got to remember. It's very difficult to convict a police officer. Juries are very reticent to do that. Okay. And so what you, you risk overcharging. Okay, so if you overcharge, if you go for second, it's hard to convict. Biggie just looked at me and pointed to me because he told me that earlier in the week. It's hard to convict a police officer. And he told me to shut it up. Is. So I told Biggie, I <laughs> said, shut impossible. up. Yeah, it's well, nearly impossible. <laughs> but here's what I said. I said, maybe in many cases it is. But we've all seen that video now. The whole country, yeah. I mean, you know, huge majority of the country thinks this guy should have the book thrown at him. And so I think that you'll get a conviction here. My next question was, if you're on that jury, even if they're, no matter what charge they're going for, do you think to yourself, if I don't convict this man, the whole country will fall apart? I mean, we will have protests like we've never had and riots like we've never had, and it, it's just doing a disservice to an entire group of people. Do, do jurors think that way, or do you think they might say, well, you've overcharged and not guilty? Is it possible? Yeah, we know they're not supposed to take into account like the potential riots that would occur and whatnot. They're not supposed to, but they're human. Jurors are human, and of course, of course, that pops into people's mind. But so does so does the sort of uh, inherent prejudice in favor of police officers because you know most people sitting on a jury are going to find it really hard to believe that a sworn officer would ever intend to kill a private citizen like that. You know, just in an arrest, and so that's intent is is huge here. You know, and and the officer. Uh, it's just, you know, stands a good chance, I think, of of getting exonerated if they've overcharged here. And it looks like the way the charges are right now, they're not having that fallback because the prosecutor here has a huge, huge decision to whether or not to include a lesser included offense. If they include that, it gives the jury an out and they may then, you know, risk losing that second degree conviction. But with the three other officers that were charged with aiding and abetting, they did hedge their bets on that. So they, they've they been charged with aiding and abetting 
a second-degree murder, as well as aiding and abetting manslaughter, which means the jury there can back off. And, and it makes a huge difference to the sentence because it's 40 years for aiding and abetting murder, only 10 years for aiding and abetting manslaughter. Well, I, you can tell me what you would do, but I would, if I were a lawyer, and I'm not, I almost was. I'm not a lawyer. Almost. Almost. I took some... Close, though. Close. Took some, yeah. You didn't even take the LSAT. I read some he literature. watched Matlock. And I read literature. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Literature. I had a pamphlet from literature. the U- University of Georgia. You remember I told you that? And the University of Georgia. <laughs> how to order your book. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how hard those pamphlets are to get. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. So, I would... It cost a whole stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't give. I would not give a fallback because I believe that I'd go for the charge I wanted, and I would give no options for the jurors because I believe those jurors will will have in their mind this guy's guilty. They will have already seen it. There's overwhelming evidence, and if they fall back, or, or, or if they even if if they don't convict, we're going to have uh, protests and riots. And I think even if you give a lesser charge, let's say you charge the guy with second degree murder, and they come back and say we don't have that, let's give him manslaughter. I think that there would be riots in the streets. But that's not a fair trial. It's not. You're, but, you're not a fair juror. Plus, we don't yeah. know what the body cameras will show. I mean, these jurors are going to see things that we have not seen probably in so the So you media think it might have, we might get a different sense of things. Yeah, but it could go either way. You could. And, uh, but so I, yeah, you know, yeah, the, all, that, all that we've really heard about how this you know, escalated to this point is that Floyd said he was claustrophobic and he didn't want to get into the squad car. Now, did he say that politely or did he say that in a way that was aggressive that made them fear for their lives? That all remains to be seen. So you would give a second charge. You would give them, let's say, second degree murder or a fallback of third degree murder or manslaughter to the lead cop Chauvin. I think it depends on this evidence that we haven't seen yet. Like Chris Tim said, you know, if there's if there's exculpatory evidence there in those body cameras, then most definitely I would add that fallback charge. But if it's as strong as it looks from just what we've seen, then I, yeah, I think you're right that we should just he should just they should just keep that second degree charge. But, but it really depends on the totality of the evidence. But my belief as a lawyer would be you're not. I understand. <laughs> you're not even a fair juror. <laughs> no, you all. Here's here's my mind. It's impar- It's impartial. Yeah, no, you're partial. I would think to myself, it's a partial mind. I've got this guy. <laughs> I got it. And I'm going for as much as I can get. You're the prosecutor. Giving no fallback. Because I think if there's a fallback, we will have riots. I think if you charge yeah, the if guy. If there's a fallback, they're going to take it. I think there's, if there's a fallback, the jury's likely to take it. And if they do, do you think there would be rioting in the streets even worse than what we've already had? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe not. You know, I think if there's, if there's no conviction, it's going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, if they go for this second degree, don't get it, and there's a not guilty then you're going to see really terrible rights. If if they went with a lesser included offense, I don't know. I'm not sure if it would be as bad as it is now. But again, it, I think it just matters. You know, is there evidence that we haven't seen? And there may not be. Right. I've heard some people say that those other officers didn't even have their body cameras on. I don't even know if that's. You know, right. we don't know yet. Well, the, the reason I would go for everything I can get is I think they're going to come back guilty because I think in jurors' minds they're going to think I don't want this whole country to fall apart. And I, you know, I know that's not the way they're supposed to think. I think that's the way they will be thinking and that I've got enough to convict on the highest charge I can get. And my next question is, what about these other officers? Do you think some of them could and should go free? Because some were saying, and they're very new to the job, a couple were just like three or four calls in, and they said, shouldn't we roll him over on his back? Shouldn't we roll him on his side? Do you think they should suffer 10 years in prison for this? 
especially not the one that said roll him over, you know, roll him mm-hmm. over. I think that's that guy was at least trying to do something. And I think the message that they're sending here is that when there's a bad cop, the good cops can't stand around and let the bad cop kill somebody. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that's a pretty important message. Yeah. Yeah. So you think they will, you think the guy might get lesser than might get 10 years. I think they'll go with the lesser. Yeah. And it's up to 10 years. They don't have to go with 10. So I think they will get the lesser charge. Yeah. What about finding a fair, uh, a fair jury? I mean, can they be tried in Minnesota? It's going to be tough to find a fair jury. You know, everybody, I mean, the whole country's heard about this, you know, so it's, it's going to be hard to find a fair jury anywhere. And you just have to rely on when, during Vordier, when they're asking the jurors their, about their, you know, their feelings about this and if they have biases, then you have to rely on them to be honest, and hopefully you'll be able to find a fair jury. But you're not going to be able to find one that hasn't heard of it. Okay. So, Kelly, what's your thoughts on Vordier? Yeah, spell, spell Vordier. Uh, first of all, when I was studying, we didn't even do Gwardier. Okay? We didn't care anything I remember where you was raised. I call them in my county. It was illegal. They said, they said, you know what? I thought that was that game Harry Potter played. Right, yeah. We're not going <laughs> to. At my trial, we're not yeah. getting into Gwardier. I only we're, need two people. Uh, we don't. I, no, thank you. What do y'all need 12 We'll for? put. I, let me tell you something. They will convict this guy. They should go. And here, I, I heard this from a legal analyst. And he said, you could go for first-degree murder. Tell me your thoughts on this. You could go for first-degree murder because the planning of it, you said it had to be pre-planned, and I knew that about first-degree murder. Yeah. The planning of it, he says, was from the moment he put his knee on his neck to the almost nine minutes that the death was complete. In the middle of that, he's planning. I'm going to kill him. So the planning was happening during the act. Could they go that far and maybe give second-degree murder as a the lesser fallback? I, don't, I think that's too much of a stretch because second-degree pretty much universally in every jurisdiction is a heat of passion. You didn't, you know, premeditation is showing a plan, you know, getting mm-hmm. a, you know, typically with a private citizen, getting a weapon, hiding, you know, making a, making a plan. Yeah. This guy did not, I don't think he had a plan. I think, I think he got caught up in what he was doing and that's more of a heat of passion thing. He, he didn't go into it planning to kill somebody that afternoon, yep. um, but he did, you know, and it was just a heat of passion thing. Yeah, well, obviously, we'll be following this, as will the rest of the country, all the way through. And as more evidence comes out, these body cams, perhaps, we will ask you about it again. What do you, you think th- the time frame is on this? Yeah, that's a good question, Lisa. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to take a while. I mean, in, in, uh, I'm sure in Minnesota, like in uh, most of the country, I mean, the courts are really not doing a lot in terms of, uh, like, trials and things happening. Mm-hmm. Just emergency, you know, like a protective order type stuff is happening yep. where somebody's in a domestic violence situation or something. So the courts are going to be very backlogged to begin with. And then I think they're also going to want to, um, you know, have lots of time to discover what's going on with, uh, you know, both the, like the forensics as well as what's mm-hmm. on these body cameras. You know, we don't want to keep just peppering you with questions, Lisa, but if you were, uh, d- does the judge, would a judge in this case decide whether this trial is televised or not in Minnesota? Yeah, I think in Minnesota, I, I think they have to, it's in the judge's discretion, I think. Okay. Would you want it televised? You know, man, that's, uh, I don't think so. I don't either. I think I think it's a powder keg, mm-hmm. and uh, there you go again. If I, it's a powder keg, if I if I were the judge, I would <laughs> yeah. not t- I would not televise it. You know, Lance Ito let all the cameras into the courtroom. We saw every inch of the OJ trial, and you know all when, the evidence, all the evidence, and everything like that, and that really split the country. And I, if I were them, I would just want this done privately. If I were the judge, yeah, mm. well, I would. That's how I, I mean. Why? What's what's the advantage to the judge of having this televised? Openness. 
Yeah, it's just the appearance of you're not, you're not trying to hide any of the process. You get to see it all and not just get it on fake news. Well, we'll agree to disagree, but I failed Guardier. So <laughs> no, nobody reads. Nobody, nobody reads. Not many people read the transcripts from daily court proceedings. Uh, Lisa and I do. Do you? Yeah. Right after, right after, right after, right after y'all go Guardier, you wow. go read your transcripts. You do. We sit down over a glass of Guardier. <laughs> Is that red or white? Let me, let me tell you what. I'll come in here and I'll brief you every day. As long as you don't leave Guadir okay. all over the place. Because I ain't cleaning that up. We're running out of wipes. <laughs> Lisa and I will brief you on this right, as it goes all right, along. All right. All right. We're here. And a story from Australia we also talked about earlier this week where two men hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up and having a broomstick rubbed over his underpants went terribly wrong. What happened was that online, they set this up. One guy was willing to pay $5,000 to have two men break into his home with a broomstick. And machetes. And machetes and lightly <laughs> rub him on his backside while he wore boxer shorts with his with, with Was he tied up? He's tied up, yes. So this, this was all planned where two guys would break in, tie him up, have the machetes and the broomstick, and do light play, <laughs> light sex play. No penetration. This, no penetration. This is Australia. Well, <laughs> they set this up for it to happen, and the guy who wanted it moved. <laughs> oh, no. So. You ready to do that thing? <laughs> yeah, you got the address? Sure do. You didn't tell me your house is under contract when we made this deal. <laughs> so the new guy that has moved into the home two guys with machetes and rope and a broomstick break into his house so what does he think he thinks he's being attacked of course calls the police blah 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 well it turns out it's all a big misunderstanding and all of them get together and become friends <laughs> and raise a pint. Right. now the only question that comes out of this and it was from dave and it's a good one prostitution is legal in australia if that happened in the united states even though they were mistakenly arrested after the guy called 911 and everything they you know everybody realized the misunderstanding a week later would everybody involved be arrested for prostitution well you know you can you can hire someone to carry out a a, a fantasy you can hire someone because there's technically by the description there's not a sexual you know there no one's even completely disrobed or anything i mean it's just carrying out like a role play true so i don't think that you would be guilty of uh, prostitution here but um, what we do have that's different in the united states is these guys were acquitted of breaking into the house because yes. it was a mistake and they said there was no intent yes we see in the united states that this happens a lot when someone is you know very very intoxicated and they go into the wrong apartment yep. well usually those people do get arrested so and, and get prosecuted successfully so here you know, we don't we don't take it quite so lightly about going into the wrong house. Yeah, I think sorry, yeah. Dave. That's right. He, <laughs> go back to that prostitution thing That's you real said. Bad news for Dave. Sorry, I thought Dave. I thought just exchanging cash. You didn't have to be naked for sexual jollies. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be for a sexual. I mean, I guess he was being sexually gratified, but um, but there are people who do role play stuff, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes money is exchanged. I don't think they're necessarily. Depends on the state and the definition, but yeah. I guess price. he is doing it for sexual gratification. So he could maybe get a prostitution charge there. Apparently, the gentleman when he was, you know, the guy who was had bought the home when he saw the couple getting ready to come into his house, the two people coming into his house, he was on the toilet and thought it was a morning visitor who'd like to come over and get coffee, and he screamed, "Bugger off! It's too early for coffee." <laughs> Just a different world. Yeah, they thought the the two guys that were breaking in thought, oh, that's his little game playing hard to get. So they broke down. Yeah, the game. yeah. everybody's <laughs> saying the wrong off again. Yeah. 
Good on you, mate. <laughs> when all was said and done, and they realized, hey, you're not the guy we thought you were. They all had a pint. One man said they had a pint, and the man said, "Sorry, mate," and uh, said, "We'll, you know, we'll see you again soon." And apparently, they have had they, they've been friends ever since. So it really turned out very well. Prostitution is legal in Australia. Yeah, they, they were all. They were all very, apparently they were all pretty uh, chummy even just that morning when he woke the guy up. I mean, he was like shaking hands with him and That's right. apologizing. And, That's right. Yeah. They're, they're nice, nice folks. It's just a different world. Bless them. Completely. Yeah. That's right. And prostitution is legal in Australia. Show trip to Australia. <laughs> <laughs>